It'll be good to spend some time in the Word tonight. Um, I want to study with you Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. A little ambitious. <laughs> but I want to study Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 um, with you tonight. So open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. And uh, I'm going to title my message, There Remains Therefore a Rest for the People of God. Now this text is uh, verse 9, Hebrews 4, 9. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. And my, my son's name is James Madison S. And the S stands for Sabbatismos. Out of this verse. There remains therefore a Sabbatismos. And you know... Uh, when he was born, I told my wife, or actually I was teaching a Sabbath school class on a, that was being recorded and televised, and I told them, look, if my son is born on the Sabbath, I'm going to name him Sabbatismos. Nobody thought he was going to be born on the Sabbath. But then he was. <laughs> this started a great controversy between my wife and I that went on for how many days was it? I don't know. But they kept calling us from the hospital. What is his name? And we were like, I said, it's Sabbatismos. And my wife said, it's not. And we went back and forth. And finally, we compromised. And we called him James Madison S. So his name's James Madison, after the president who stood for religious liberty. And in keeping with the fact that uh, the separation of church and state, which will eventually give sway to the church and state uniting, ultimately. But I wanted him to have a name that was connected with the major issue that the Bible brings up at the end of time. Here are they... Here's the patience of saints here. They, they keep the commandments and have the faith of Jesus. And of course, those commandments are in Revelation chapter 11, 19, found in the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. And in the midst of those commandments is the Sabbath commandment. And of course, that's the major issue in Revelation 13, where the beast tries to make a, uh, have people worship him. They wander after the beast, make an image to the beast. That's commandment number two. Take the name of the beast. That's commandment number three. And have the mark of the beast, that's commandment number four. So I said, I want James Madison Sabbatismos to be ready for that. So, anyway, a couple years ago I took him to get a bank account, and he was in there talking very vigorously to the person. And I went, what were you talking to them about? He says, I was explaining what S stands for. <laughs> Sabbatismos. So I guess it worked once. And that's, uh, he was named after this text. There remains therefore a Sabbatismos, Hebrews 4.9, for the people of God. So, some have asked the question, isn't the Sabbath rest and the Sabbath keeping fulfilled in Christ? Um, 
And I would hasten to say yes. And also in the body of Christ. Because Christ is not separated from his body. How many are thankful for that today? Look at that person next to you and say, you are the body of Christ and members individually. <laughs> when I got married, I sang that to my wife. How beautiful is the body of Christ. I remember heard that song at a wedding. I sounded like a cow because I got so emotional. You know, ah! But I'm married, so... You are members of the body of Christ. Okay, so let's, let's just pray again and ask God to bless us now as we look at this topic. Father in heaven, bless us as we look at this text. And uh, help me collect my thoughts that you've given me over the last few hours here that could be a blessing to us today, tonight. In Christ's name, amen. So, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Hebrews 4, 9 and 10. So just kind of superficially, you know, you read it, there remains therefore a sabbatismos for the people of God, and you make some just preliminary observations. When was Hebrews written? Not too long before the fall of Jerusalem was after the time of Christ. It was written to the Hebrews and to the Shebrews. All of them received this, but it's stipulating that there is Sabbath keeping going on for Christians after the death of Christ. That's very obvious. And something remains. They want to know what remains. And the author of Hebrews is trying to say, look, even though your temple's going to be destroyed in AD 70, there are some things that remain. <laughs> And one of the things that's going to remain is not your temple, but a palace in time called the Sabbath. And you're going to be able to enter into that Sabbatismos, even though you don't have a temple. Amen? And there's also another day in Hebrews chapter 10, and that's the Day of Atonement. And that's still in the future, eschatologically for them as well. So the Sabbath day and the Day of Atonement. We're going to talk about the Sabbath day today, and we're going to look back at the context of the text. Go back with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 go together as a unit. And in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 through 6, it talks about two houses, Moses' house and the house of Jesus Christ, the heavenly calling. Um, And it says that God wants us to be partaker of the heavenly calling, a part of that heavenly temple. Um, And in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, this is the main point of the things that we've been saying. We have a high priest that is in a heavenly sanctuary. Can you say hallelujah? And so by faith, we enter into that heavenly calling. Verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 3. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast to the confidence and rejoicing of hope to the end. And Hebrews 3 and 4 is this whole idea of holding fast to the confidence that we have until the end as we look to that heavenly temple. So now let's pick it up in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts 
as in the rebellion and the day of provocation or trial in the wilderness. Where your fathers tested me, tried me, saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my what? Rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So in other words, stay faithful. Don't have their experience. They did not enter my rest. I don't want you not to enter my rest. Who was that talking about? What was that day of provocation? Numbers 14 tells the story. You remember the, you remember the song as little kids? How many remember the song? Put your eyes like do like this. Put your hands like this. Can you try this? All right. So it goes. Twelve spies went to spy in Canaan. Ten were bad. Two were good. What did they see when they spied in Canaan? Ten were bad. Two were good. You got, don't know the song? Some saw giants rough and tall. Some saw grapes like clusters fall. Some saw God was in it all. Ten were bad. Two were good. How many just want to learn that song and call it quits? <laughs> and that was the story of provocation. They went and the twelve spies came to the promised land and they said, we can go in. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua. But the other said, no, we can't. There's giants in the land. We cannot go into the rest of Canaan. Canaan was seen as the place of rest. And they rejected God's rest and did not enter into it. Numbers 13.31 or 13.30, Caleb said, Let us go up at once and possess it. In other words, while it's called today, today let's enter the rest. On this day, today enter my rest. Canaan. But they would not. They said... Numbers 13, 31. We are not able to go up, for they're stronger than we are, and they would not enter the rest of Canaan. Numbers 14, 11. God said, how long will this people provoke me after all the signs I have shown them in the wilderness experience? And what was one of the signs that God showed them? He gave them manna on the sixth day every day, but double on the sixth day so they could keep the Sabbath day, showing that he was totally sustaining them by faith. And they did not enter that rest either. They polluted the Sabbath, Ezekiel tells us. And the whole point of these first verses, 7 through 11 or 12, don't be like them. Enter the rest that they did not enter into. Enter into Canaan rest right now. Can you say hallelujah? By the way, who was leading them in the wilderness according to 2 Corinthians 10? Or that rock which followed them, that rock was Christ. What was that called back then in Acts 7? The congregation in the wilderness. It's called the church. Christ was leading them. They did not enter into the rest which Christ had ordained for them. Canaan rest. How many think we need to be entering into Christ's rest? No, they did not. 
In fact, verse 13 says, Exhort one another daily, as it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ. Partakers of who? Christ. It's talking about the Old Testament. It says we're partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, there it is. Stay steadfast in Christ. Enter into his rest today and hold it to the end. Well, it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as back in Numbers 13 and 14. How many of you are with me on this? Now look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who did not obey? And so we see that they did not enter because of unbelief. So the big thing is belief in Christ. How many say that's the biggest thing we need? And that's what they needed back then. They did not enter into the belief in Christ, so they did not enter into his rest, the rest of Canaan, the rest of Christ. How many of you want to enter into Christ's rest today? So number one, God has provided a heavenly rest for us. We've learned so far. Let us enter it by faith today. Number two, God will one day take us to a heavenly Canaan. What's that song? I am bound for the land of Canaan. Oh, Canaan, bright Canaan. I am bound for the land of Canaan. Oh, Canaan, it is my happy home. I am bound for the land of Canaan. What number is that? Didn't we sing that? It's 451? All right, let's open it up. Let's sing it. We've got to sing it, man. We want to keep you awake. This has been a hard week. Some of you probably thought maybe you should just sleep. Uh, we can't let you do that. But this whole idea is powerful. Where is it? To, together let us sweetly live. I am bound for the land of Canaan. Together love to Jesus give. I am bound for the land of Canaan. Oh, Canaan, bright Canaan. I am bound for the land of Canaan. Oh, Canaan, it is my happy home. I am bound for the land of Canaan. They didn't enter Canaan. They didn't enter Canaan. They didn't enter into the rest. And the whole point of Hebrews is, Christ was inviting them to enter into rest. They didn't. But please, don't follow their example. Enter into his rest. Now look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Very fascinating text. 4.1. Therefore, in other words, in light of what they didn't do, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, 
Let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. In other words, that rest that was being offered, that rest, Canaan rest in Christ, that heavenly rest by faith, it's still being offered. In fact, verse 2, a very provocative text, for indeed the gospel, the gospel of who? Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ was preached to us as well as them. They were saved by faith through grace in the Old Testament just like we are. God doesn't save people different ways in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God works the same way. There's always been an old covenant experience and a new covenant experience from Adam till now. We could say, I'm going to enter by grace, by faith into God's grace, or I'm going to try and work my way like Cain. <clears throat> or I'm going to be like Abel. What am I going to be like? Cain works, Abel, faith. What am I going to be like? Abram works or Abraham grace. Want to be like Sarai or Sarah? Rah. Ah. The awe of God. Ah. I will be saved by grace through faith or works. It's always been the choice. And so a gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with what? Righteousness by faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Just as he swore in my wrath, they shall not enter that rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In other words, that rest still remains. And we need to enter that rest. What rest was it? Canaan rest. What rest was it? Rest in Christ. But these very provocative words, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. This is talking about what? This is part of the everlasting gospel which was preached to them and us. It was a rest from the foundation of the world. When was the world founded? We had a whole week last weekend on this. It was the creation week. And who oversaw the creation week? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1-1, and moved, the Spirit moved on the deep. So there's the God, the Father, there's the God, the Spirit. But someone's actually quoting John 1-1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things that were created were created by Him. So you have who was involved in the creation week. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Mark it well, Jesus created everything, including what? The Sabbath day. And by the way, the whole point of Hebrews chapter 1 and 2 is what? That Jesus chapter 1 is fully God. Look at it. Look at it with me. This is very provocative. Speaking about Christ as God, verse 8. Or verse 6, 
But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. This is the angels worshiping who? Jesus. But to the son, verse 8, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. You're God. Therefore, God, again calls him God, God has anointed you with oil of gladness more than your companions. Look at verse 10. And you, Lord, he calls Jesus what? Lord God, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. That's the creation week. So day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, the Sabbath was created by God. And what it's saying here is, you did not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So Sabbath rest is now put together with Canaan rest, heavenly rest, Sabbath rest, are coming together, created by who? Christ! So God has provided rest for us. This is part of the everlasting gospel. That rest was from the foundation of the world. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. And what was the rest at the foundation of the world? The Sabbath rest. Did Jesus enter into that rest at creation? Yeah, he created it. And then he said he rested and sanctified and blessed it. Who did that? Jesus did. <clears throat> did Jesus enter that rest not only in his pre-incarnate state but in his carnate, incarnate state in the incarnation how did Jesus relate to the Sabbath did he keep the Sabbath and what's it say in 1 John 2 6 we are to walk even as he what how he walked we are to be back in chapter 3 and verse 14, we are to become partakers of Christ. Partakers of who? So we're to enter into the experience that he entered into. This is entering into his what? His rest. God has provided a heavenly rest for us, we've learned. Let us enter it by faith in Christ today. God will one day take us to heavenly Canaan. Let us be ready for that, prepare for that every day. And number three, we are to by faith in Christ enter the rest that he entered and created at the foundation of the world, the Sabbath rest, as an act of faith, not a work, <laughs> but an act of faith in his completed work, which has been completed since the foundation of the world. Because Christ is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Here's the problem. God has always had everything completed for us. But we've not really wanted to enter into it. How many of you want to enter into what God has created? How many of you want to enter into his Canaan rest by faith? How many want to live, like Ephesians 1 says, in heavenly places? Night now. 
But let's check this. Are we right about this? I mean, I'm starting to say stuff that's provocative, like, wait a minute, Jesus was like creating the Sabbath and all that. Well, let's see if it gets more explicit. Verse 4. For he has spoken in a certain place, this is Hebrews 4, 4, of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Whoa, this is becoming a little more explicit, isn't it? What day is being talked about? And who is resting on this day? And who is God? We just saw it in Hebrews 1. Who's God? He's God. He's the Lord. He's the creator of the what? And of the Sabbath day. Wow. When you understand the Christological argument of chapter 1, and the Christological argument of chapter 2, then it comes together. Because in chapter 1, Christ is pictured as God. But in chapter 2, he's pictured as man. You realize that? He's of the seed of Abraham. So it's what's saying the God-man entered into the Sabbath. If you want to enter into Christ, enter into his Sabbath rest as well. How many of you are seeing the argument? <clears throat> Verse 5, and again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains, some must enter it, and those to whom it first was preached who did not because of disobedience. Who were those people that didn't enter it because of disobedience? Remember, Numbers 13 and 14. But it still remains, and there are some that will enter it. Verse 7, again he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now that doesn't mean just, that means every day, today. But it also does not negate the Sabbath day, does it? Because there's a bigger picture. What's the bigger picture? The bigger picture is having rest every day of the week in Christ. Can you say hallelujah? Mm. Those unfaithful Israelites did not experience the spiritual rest they were to experience. They did not enter the rest of Canaan. Which is what the text says. Look at verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. They didn't follow Joshua and Caleb. They stayed out there. They didn't enter into the rest of Christ. But there will, or should I put it as a question, but will there be a faithful people who do enter the rest? Of Christ? <clears throat> Will there be a group of people who are obedient, not disobedient? And would you like to be a part of that group? And finally, we come to our text, which was our pretext, having given you now the context. So let's look at the text. Verse 9, 10. There remains, therefore. It's not something new. It's something that remains. It's been there from the foundation of the world. There remains, therefore, a sabbatismos for the people of God. Sabbatismos. Sabaton is the root, root, root word, and it's throughout the New Testament. You don't have to guess what it's talking about. It's talking about the Sabbath. 
Eastmos is a keeping, a Sabbath keeping for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. What's it saying? There remains a Sabbath keepmost, a Sabbath keeping for the people of God. We are to enter into that Sabbath rest, and we are by faith to cease from our works on the Sabbath day, just as Jesus, who by the way is God, and that's what the text is saying, did in the first creation week. And by so doing, we demonstrate what? Christ-like belief. And just as Christ, who is God, entered into it, we are to cease from our works. So, did the New Testament ever talk about authentic Sabbath-keeping? Did it? It's first found in the life of Christ. Luke chapter 4, 16, as his custom was. I say authentic because the Jews had totally taken away the meaning and purpose of the Sabbath. doesn't mean the Sabbath is bad. Their understanding was bad. And he showed them how to enter into the rest of the Sabbath. By example, what about the apostles or the followers of Jesus? Very clear, even when Jesus died, after his death, they rested according to the commandment. Luke 23, 54, and 56. And he rested also in the tomb. What about after the resurrection? The apostles constantly gathered together on what day? A Sabbath day, and not merely in synagogues. Acts 13, verse 14. But also outdoors, by the riversides. Acts 16, 13, and 15. And did they think this was something against the grace of God? Hmm. I remember a text I got to show you. Acts chapter 1. It's coming to me. (laughs) Hmm. That's back here. Here it is. Chapter 13. Look at this. Acts chapter 13, verse 42. Now when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now this would be a great time to say, wait a minute, we'll just talk to you guys tomorrow on Sunday because the day has been changed. Did they do that? No. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, notice what it says next, persuaded them to continue in the what? Grace of God. Sabbath-keeping is a part of the grace of God. And who is Jesus? God. And he's full of what, according to John chapter 1? Grace. Notice what it says next, verse 44. And on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. So authentic Sabbath keeping, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. 
Hebrews is written after Christ has died and risen and is in that heavenly sanctuary. And there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Sabbath keeping will be found also, we're told, in the new heavens and the new earth. According to Isaiah 66, 23, from one new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath, they'll come and worship. There'll be a monthly cycle. There'll be fruits, new fruits for each month. And then there'll be that heavenly Sabbath. And then notice the point of the argument. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself ceased from his works as what? God did from his. And who is God? Christ is God. The Spirit is God. So God himself, Christ himself, continued after the resurrection to not only keep the Sabbath, but beckon people to do, to enter into Sabbath keeping themselves. Why? Why? Because in entering into the Sabbath, you are confessing your faith, not just in Sabbath rest, but eternal rest. The bigger picture is the eternal rest and peace that you can have from day to day, not just on the Sabbath day. That's the point of Hebrews 3 and 4. Don't lose your confidence on Monday, or Sunday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday, or Friday. And express that your confidence is still there at least once a week. On what day? The day that remains... To express that belief. And what day is that? The Sabbatismos. And who are you expressing faith in when you enter into that? God. Or Christ. Or the Spirit. So someone says to me, well, Christ fulfills the Sabbath in his own life. Wait a minute. Isn't your life bound up with Christ? Doesn't he live out his life in you? Doesn't the righteous requirement of the law find expression in you? Yes. So the lesson of these two chapters is very simple. We're to enter into the rest today of believing that our march to the heavenly Canaan will be a success as we remain in Christ. Just like Caleb and Joshua. How many of you be like Caleb and Joshua? Believers today. I'm going to quit wandering around in the wilderness and be a believer today. Those who truly enter into his rest will also cease from their own works on the seventh day, quote, as God did from his. We have ceased from our studying for exams. Can you say amen? amen? We don't have to open up the books at all. Because we have ceased. <laughs> and the rest of the Sabbath day remains as a reminder for every believer that he will one day see God and live with him in heaven forever. 
And the Christian who is truly abiding in the rest of Christ, the rest of the Lord, the rest of God, will manifest this experience through his obedience to God's commandment to rest on the Sabbath day. Which is the seventh day explicitly in this chapter, yes? He will not be found disobedient to this command as the next verse warns us. Let us therefore be diligent, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. How many think these chapters are actually beautiful chapters? Because what are they offering you? Peace, rest, joy, (laughs) heaven, A piece of heaven now. (laughs) How many want to have a piece of heaven now? And that's what the Sabbath is to be. Peace of heaven. Now. You know... I've told some of you these stories, but (laughs) maybe I should tell one again. My middle name, since I picked on my son's middle name, he's going, Dad, probably he's going to tell me that later. But I'll talk about my own middle name. It's Gordon. Gordon. Some Spanish people called me Gordo. I didn't know what that meant until I looked it up and there was a big fat secret hiding there. <laughs> Gordissimo. So anyway, my grandfather's name is Gordon. He didn't know anything about the Sabbath until he went to a series of meetings. He learned about it. He understood that the Sabbath was not a way to work your way to heaven, but a way to allow heaven to work in your life. He understood the Sabbath was not something you keep, but it's something that keeps you. And so he decided to keep the Sabbath in the middle of the Depression. And he lost his job at Weirton Steel. And he had a bunch of kids, one of which was my mom. People said, Gordon, why did you do that? You lost your job. He says, you know, I'm not worried about it. Because I know the Sabbath commandment. They go, what do you mean? Sabbath commandment says, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, Lord thy God. I don't know what job God has for him, but it says in the commandment he has one, I'm going to be working six days somewhere very soon. So by faith, he stepped out saying God would show him grace. And there was a little old lady passed him one day and said, Gordon, why are you not working? Did you lose your job? Yes. What happened? He explained, you've become a Jew? No, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Christian. He gave her a Bible study on it. She goes, ah, I'm a Jew. You're not converting me. But at least we share the Sabbath together. And I want to help you. Would you fix my car? So he fixes her car. (laughs) He goes, you're very good at this, Gordon. I'm going to bring you my friends because Sabbath keepers take care of each other. 
brought some more cars to Gordon. He got very good. He was doing quite well. Now his sons were working with him, my uncles. Now he's not having to work apart from his family, but with his family because God is showing (laughs) grace. And he is resting in Jesus. (laughs) Not cardiac arresting, resting in Jesus. He starts to get really successful. And so the lady says to him, Gordon, have you ever thought of moving your shop downtown? Why don't you think like a Jew, since you are a Jew? He said, well, I'm not really a Jew. Maybe that's why I don't think like one. But I'll move it downtown. What are you going to call your shop? Gordon's Auto Shop. What? No one likes the name Gordon? If they look at the phone book, Gordon's Auto Shop, you know, maybe a food store, Gordon's Foods or something, but not an auto shop. What are you going to call it? Something else. Mott's. No! That's his last name. That's applesauce. <laughs> I know your daughter will eventually marry a Macintosh apple, but no! <laughs> she didn't say that. But anyway, not Mott's. What should you, what should you name it? Why don't you name it something after the Sabbath? He's going, that's a good idea. And so he named his shop Ten Commandment Auto Shop. <laughs> and you say amen. amen. People are looking through the phone book. It's the time of the Depression. Gordon's Auto Shop, Luigi's Auto Shop, Ralph's Auto Shop, Ten Commandment Auto Shop? What shop are they going to go to? Saying commandments because they know the guy's probably honest. (laughs) So he gets all this business. Everybody's coming and he has circled the Sabbath commandment, you know. And they're asking, why is that circled? And he begins to tell them about how he found rest in Christ. How he found rest and grace and how God helped him with the business. But he got so nervous because he was so busy. (laughs) The people lined up. He goes, man, and I'm so busy, I can't even talk about God. How many of you are so busy you're not really witnessing to anybody? you got to work it into your job. you got to say, my teacher gave me this assignment, but I can't pass it unless I talk to you in the community. My accounting teacher said this assignment has to be finished with someone in this community to complete it. My physics tutor said, no, you've got to explain this to someone on TCI or you're failing. (laughs) So he built that in. He kind of baked it in because this is what he did. He said, I'm going to give you 10% off your car repairs, (laughs) because he kind of got that from the tithing system. 10% off if you listen to me give you a Bible study while I fix your car. (laughs) It's the depression. Does anyone sign up for the Bible studies? They line up to sign up. Now he has to memorize all the texts because he he can't touch the Bible with his greasy hands. And he has a shop Bible where people then look through the Bible while he quotes the text. <laughs> I learned that when I preached his funeral. People came up to me, your grandfather gave me a Bible study back in the 50s. 
I met church members came up. Why? Because grandfather had entered into the rest of Canaan. The rest of Christ. The rest of the Sabbath. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that we can spend a moment in Hebrews 3 and 4. Thank you that the gospel that was preached to them has also been preached to us. The gospel that we're saved by grace through faith. The gospel that we can enter into Canaan's rest, heavenly rest, today. The gospel that we can make a memorial of our acceptance in Christ of resting in him by doing what he did as God, as Christ. We can enter into that Sabbath rest and find fulfillment. And not just find fulfillment, help others find fulfillment in truly resting in you. In Christ's name we pray, amen and This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.